Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Welcome to Movies First. My name is Chris Coleman and with me to talk about the movies is Alex First. Alex, greetings to you, good sir. Sir, are you a Harry Potter fan or not? I am a Harry Potter fan. I loved the books. I'd read all the books before the movies came out, which was fabulous. And I have to say, when Harry Potter, when when the seven books were finished and J.K. Rowling said, right, that's it, I'm going to finish there, and when the seven movies were finished, she said, no, we're going to finish there, I had a lot of admiration for her. I thought, this is great because we're not going to see the debacle that we saw, for example, with... Well, Star Wars, when Episodes 1, 2 and 3 came out, or Indiana Jones, when the fourth story came out, or Die Hard, when the 17th movie came out. Alas, you, you've forgotten, the, you've, forgotten, you've forgotten the best of them. Police Academy. <laughs> Michael Winslow and I had a conversation once, and he will always introduce himself as Michael Winslow, star of Spaceballs with Mel Brooks and Police Academy 1 through Infinity. So you can have too much of a good... Since J.K. Rowling finished, uh, had allegedly finished the Harry Potter stories, we've now seen a new play which has been turned into a book, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and now we have a movie that is sort of a prequel but sort of isn't but is very much cashing in on the Potter theme, Alex. Am I on the money? Well, I mean, before we get into that, I want to talk about, you know, recently you've had a guy by the name of Bob Dylan winning the probably the preeminent award that you could possibly win. The Nobel Prize for Literature, yes. Correct. And he is a man who's not even going to collect the Nobel Prize for Literature because he has another engagement and he wrote to them and told them as such. So he's, he's almost reclusive, is he not? So that's the other end of the spectrum, right, to a J.K. Rowling who has decided, well, okay, if I can make seven great stories Turn him, turning them into films, or I mean, or seven, seven great films, then why can't I do another series? Because Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which we're talking about today, is that series. Number one is out now, number two in two years, number three, two years thereafter, and there's still another two to go subsequent to that. So this is a license to print money. Why would you not do it? Because you don't actually need to own half the known universe and cover it in pearls. When is enough enough, Alex? Well, hang on, hang on. What about Bill Gates? I mean, he's, he and his, his dear wife have created a foundation where they're giving money away. So, you know, I mean, when's enough enough? When is a businessman no longer a businessman? And I use that term generically, not in a, a sexist way. But Bill Gates has set up the Bill Gates Foundation. They actually give money to charity and so on. Bill, uh, Yes, Bill Gates is a phenomenally wealthy man, uh, and I'm pretty sure that J.K. Rowling, to her credit, actually has a foundation as well. But, you know, again, advancing technology is what Microsoft does, and I think that that's probably a little bit more useful than, I don't know, milking a bit more entertainment out of some fans of your books 
when you've set such a high standard? Well, interesting you should say that because if you have set such a high standard, I mean, it's like a television series finishes and everybody then wants it, the, the stars to get back and do a reunion special and then another reunion special. There's an insatiable appetite if you like something to get more of it. If you like a food and then you can't get it, you want it again. So, I mean, I think this is human nature and I think you're being a little harsh. I understand why. Well, I, I go back to my original point. Star Wars episodes one, two, and three, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls, and you mentioned them, Police Academy 77, 94, and 111. Yes, indeed. Now, I, I get it because, I mean, I thought Star Wars 4, 5, and 6 were terrible. So, yeah, I, I get that. Ex excuse me? For, oh, oh, you're talking about the fourth, fifth, and sixth movies, not episodes four, five, and six, which were actually the first, second, and third ones released. Correct. We've totally confused everybody, but yes, you, you are right. And, and that, this is <laughs> of course, a, I'm right. <laughs> unlike unlike Chris's with an S at the end of S before the next S. No, unlike a, a hyphen. Oh, what is, whatever it is, I'm so confused. Just, just, just. Yeah, as long as there's no A-rings and umlaus involved, sure. Let's talk about the new J.K. Rowling movie that I've now completely forgotten the name of. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's 133 minutes in length and it's rated M in Australia. And if you miss Harry Potter and you are into phantasmagorical stories created by J.K. Rowling, I dare say you'll find plenty in which to immerse yourself in this, which is, as I've just said, the start of her latest fantasy series. See, the action actually takes place decades before the round-goggled wonder came to be and half a world away. Eddie Redmayne, he's a very fine actor from the theory of everything. He stars in the central role and he is a magi-zoologist, Chris. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a magi-zoologist is? Uh, a word that's been made up especially for the circumstances in this film. Ah, oh, you're very quick, yes. Magic and zoologist combined. Yeah, he's, he's called Newt Scamander, under the direction this of David Yates. He was the one who helmed the last four Harry Potter blockbusters. Now, there are growing dangers in the world of wizardry in New York in the year 1926. Something mysterious is leaving a path of destruction in the streets, threatening to expose the wizard community to a fanatical faction bent on eradicating them and the powerful dark wizard Gellert Grindelwald, after wreaking havoc in Europe, has slipped away. He's now nowhere to be found. Unaware of the rising tensions, Newt Scamander arrives in New York, nearing the end of a global excursion to research and rescue magical creatures. And some of these creatures are safeguarded within the hidden dimensions of his deceptively nondescript light brown coloured leather suitcase. So basically he hides these critters in a bottomless, seemingly bottomless suitcase. But potential disaster strikes when unsuspecting commoner Jacob Kowalski, played by Dan Fogler from the 25th annual Putnam Spelling Bee, when he inadvertently lets some of Newt's beasts loose in a city already on edge. So there's your storyline. Also starring Catherine Waterston, she of Inherent Vice and Steve Jobs' fame. She's Newt's ally and would-be love interest. And Alison Sudol from Dig and Transparent as her sister, who takes a shine to the commoner, Kowalski. 
the film marks the screenwriting debut of J.K. Rowling, and her script was inspired by something she wrote under a pseudonym in the Hogwarts textbook called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander. See, it all makes sense. If you say so. It does. <laughs> it is loud. It is proud. It is arguably as effects-driven as any movie I have seen. I failed to make sense of the plot, which is convoluted. <laughs> now, now, hang on. Hang on, Alex. Hang on. You've spent the first three minutes of this podcast basically justifying the concept. Mm. And now you've said you didn't get the plot. Well, I, I'm saying... Does that, does that not somewhat undermine the argument of this being a valid concept then? Mm, probably not because by the time two, three, four and five come along, <laughs> I would have figured it all out, you know. It's just the good things come to those who wait, Christopher. So, you know, I'm patient. <laughs> No, a movie should stand or fall on its own merits. Even if it is part of a series, it should still stand alone as a piece of art. Right, you're right. I was trying to. I was trying to find a, a, a rationale around it. Look, I, I, there will be, will be those who enjoy. It. I, I spoke to a couple of other reviewers afterwards. I said, "Did you make sense of this?" And one of them said, "Yes, because I've read the book." <laughs> I just, I said, but that's that's cheating. You, you... That, 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 you see, and again, again, you know, this is the thing. It is a movie. You shouldn't have to, you know, it's not, it's not a year 10 English assignment whereby you should read the book before you do something. You know, it's not an exam in your HSC where you have to have read the book to critically analyse it in and use it as the context for your answers. It is a movie. It is a piece of entertainment. It is something that should be consumable by itself. Well, perhaps perhaps I'm just thick. When I saw it, I, I was, you know, maybe I was nodding off and uh, somebody else would make more sense of it than I did. I still say it's convoluted regardless. I mean, on top of that, it did not need to be two and a quarter hours. It seemed to go on interminably. I couldn't wait for it to finish. And, yes, granted the effects are mighty impressive. I mean, they are. They're cutting edge, you might say. But my interest in what I was watching waned relatively early on, and, and that's not a good thing. And, look, I've, I'm going to go one stage further. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Harry Potter doesn't do it for me. So my, my lack of involvement in this one was not a total surprise. Eddie Redmayne, though, he's as earnest as they come. He does all he can with the material with which he has to work. And him trying to attract now... This is, this is one of the best bits of the movie. Him trying to attract the ardour of a rhinoceros-like creature is one of the film's high points, right? You imagine him, this, this rhino, I mean, rhinos are pretty big, right? No, you don't say. Him scratching around in the dirt, trying to attract the interest, and that was really precious. And throughout the movie, the one constant is his character, Newt, chasing a thieving porcupine-type critter who is attracted to bling, right? Bling. Uh, so imagine the Kardashians, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so this is... I, I'd rather, again, I'd rather not, but as you said to... Yes, well, so imagine this porcupine. He, this porcupine thing likes jewellery. And just, I mean, there's a lot of collateral damage in this movie. <laughs> significant, because things crash and bash in a veritable cavalcade of sound. And I also, by the way, I saw it. There's a new cinema complex at the biggest shopping centre in Australia, which is called Chadston in Melbourne, right? Mm -hmm. And it was the official opening of Chadston. And there were lots of people. It was a huge screen. I, I, I think 
I, I've got no idea. I didn't go and measure it, but it seemed to me to be as big a screen as I've seen anywhere apart from IMAX. How many football fields would it cover? Well, it... <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, Alex, this, this is one of the things. When something is big, it covers a certain number of football fields. That's what they say on the news. They do. Well, it's not the size of the MCG. There you go. Okay. It's not quite that large, but it is, it is a significant screen that made me go do a double take saying, oh, my, yes. And then I sat down, and when I sat down, the sound in this place, I, I actually thought it was turned up too loud I, or too loud. I hate that when they, get, when, when they do that at the movies. Yeah, I, I actually did. But, I mean, it's a mighty impressive, you know, Chetston Cinema, boy, oh, boy, really. The, you know what they've done cleverly, not necessarily for, for larger-boned larger people, you have to walk through, oh, I reckon there must be at least 10 different places, maybe even more, uh, maybe I'm exaggerating, but no, I reckon there would be places that you can buy food before you actually get into the cinema. So all of these outlets, you kind of walk through this, um, oh, what, what does one call it? It's almost like a food court that's built within the cinema complex. Mm. Okay. So, so, they're, so they're milking you for your ticket and milking you for the extras. Smart. Exactly. Very, very clever. And the cinema is pretty impressive. Anyway, Colin Farrell is also in this one. He's the director of Magic Security. And John, John Voigt, we haven't seen a lot of John Voigt lately, he's a newspaper magnate, right? So there are a couple of the other stars. And there's a cameo from one Johnny, Jonathan Depp, Johnny Depp, who mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot more of, I gather, in future episodes of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So there you go. Um, all I can say is arg. Uh, in other <laughs> words, imagination is one thing. Elongated fantasy for the sake of elongated fantasy is another. And this one is called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, no, I was going to ask another silly question, but instead I shall ask the most important question. What would you give it out of ten? Five and a half to six out of ten. And uh, for Harry Potter fans, will they add a couple of extra marks on top, do you think? Oh, yeah. I think if you like Harry Potter, you're probably going to... You, you may not be as enamoured. Uh, I think it'll take you a while to get into, but I reckon over time you will because... The characterisation is good. The special effects is good. Uh, I'm hoping that other stories are going to make more sense to me than this one. Fair enough. Alex, fun to talk to you about something that I um, have, have been waiting for a while to find out how good it is. Uh, and I guess if people wish to go and find their Fantastic Beasts, they will do so. And if people wish to find movies first again, they can do so in a few more days. Absolutely. And they should also try and check out maybe theatre first and travel first and, yeah, why not? You know, spend your time searching the web. <laughs> Just look for things first. <laughs> yes, look for things first. You have a nice one. Catch up next time. See ya. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. 
Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.